Good evening, everyone in Alberta, Canada, and beyond. It is Wednesday, February 14th, and I'm Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar, Evening of Solutions for New Alberta, brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. It's what? It's February 14th. It's Valentine's Day, and here I am working the webinar. Well, I'm working the webinar, and you're watching the webinar. So what does that mean about us? Um, it's just one of those things that, you know what? If it falls on a Wednesday, it falls on a Wednesday. So there's nothing we can do about that. We want to keep consistent, so that's why we're doing it. Alberta Prosperity Project's purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect their prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. Of course, we couldn't do this without your help. If you can, please share, share, share this webinar. And uh, likewise, we did this last week. If you can uh, just put in the comments where you're watching from and uh, ideally what platform you're watching, if you're watching from Rumble or if you're watching YouTube, that sort of thing, it gives us an idea of what's going on. And, uh, you know, I mentioned about uh, Valentine's Day already. So normally we have about 300 viewers right now. We have 102. <laughs> so that just shows everybody's out having steak dinner, steak and lobster. I know that's exactly what Chris Scott's going to be doing right now. Uh, he was slated to come on and talk with us uh, about uh, what's happening with uh, APP as well as to engage with our guest. And unfortunately, he will not be joining us. So uh, you're stuck with me and you're stuck with our guest, but uh, it's going to be a, an amazing talk. So please stick around. Uh, things I do want to bring up here is uh, please go to the website, albertaprosperityproject.com. Uh, our APP is membership driven with the goal of a million plus members to help steer the political process. APP memberships are one year for $20, two years for $30, three years for $40, or you can make a donation on the website as well. You can also contact us at contact at albertaprosperity.com. Let us know how you're feeling about things and get involved as well. Speaking of getting involved, yesterday, totally going off script here for a second, yesterday we had um, a, a, a Calgary chapter meeting. So as, as amazing as it is, we're spread out all over Alberta. And uh, we had uh, a Calgary chapter that was set up, I guess, a year ago, maybe even two years ago, I guess. And, uh, and you know, things get busy. People get busy. And the, the people that were involved with that, uh, Kate Graham, uh, amazing. Thank you so much for all the work that she does. Uh, unfortunately, she was unable to continue on with that. She's taken on a bunch of other stuff. She does our weekly newsletter. So hopefully you guys enjoy the, the newsletter and the stuff that's going on with that. And it came, came down to, you know what, Calgary and Edmonton, but let's say specifically Calgary, because I am in Calgary, believe it or not, I actually don't live at the Whistle Stop in near Alberta. I actually live in Calgary. And because of that, um, we were looking at the numbers and, and how to get people engaged. And Calgary has almost one third the population of the entire province of Alberta. So we need to get people involved in Calgary. And so we had our first official meeting again, part, uh, version 2.0, if you want to call it that. And uh, uh, I don't know how many people there were, probably 15, 20 people there anyways. And a uh, great start of conversation, getting people involved. And again, we always say that if you guys can get involved, please get involved. Um, we're going to just briefly talk about the, the events. If you go to the Alberta Prosperity Project, again, uh, .com, you can look at the events page. We didn't have that particular chapter meeting set up on our events page, but I know going forward we will. And we actually want to have um, uh, regions 
in Calgary, as well as, of course, everywhere around uh, the province. So if you go on to the, uh, the events page here, I'm going to see if I can just zoom it up. Uh, it tells you a little bit what's going on. We've got our events. We've got a start to uh, a sovereignty, uh, the pension plan event that's going on in Caroline uh, this Saturday, the 17th. And then we've actually got one on next Wednesday, the 21st in Calgary, and it's at the Riviera Hotel. And if uh, if you're keeping track on the calendar, you'll notice that Wednesday is the 21st, which means what are we doing for a webinar? I'll be talking about a little bit more about that. But Nadine Wellwood, as well as Tanner today, are speaking with us uh, about the Alberta Pension Plan. They will be live, believe it or not, live at the Riviera in Calgary on the 21st. However, we're getting Nadine in tomorrow uh, to to pre-record a, um, uh, a webinar that we're going to be showing on the 21st. It's the schedule. That's just kind of the way it works out. So, But Chris will be the one that's hosting the webinar next week. I'll be at the Riviera uh, with Nadine live. Uh, but if you can make it down to Calgary to do that, then by all means, please show up when the webinar. We'll be talking about the pension plan. Nadine's done a great job uh, discussing um, lots of charts, lots of things talking about the pros of an APP or uh, Alberta pension plan and uh, some of the cons, although I, I have yet to actually know of any cons, I guess, in theory. Uh, so she's going to be going through that and uh, and we'll be talking about what, you know, what, what's actually happening with the uh, Canada pension plan. So by all means, please do check out our um, events page and uh, and find out a little bit more about what's going on in the uh, in the Alberta Prosperity Project. And um, yeah, I think I've rattled it on a little bit long. <laughs> We're going to get our guest on here. Tonight's episode is called the Anniversary of the Emergencies Act. And that was just a, a really big uh, umbrella. Uh, but there's so much to talk about that that deals with that. Uh, and we, we were welcoming Roy Bear, who's uh, obviously no stranger to being on our webinars. He's a former pastor and, and a political activist now, uh, advocate, and uh, and he's co-founder of Taking Back Our Freedoms, as well as uh, he's he's been on talking about the education of the uh, the UCP AGM back in November, and uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got uh, if if you're kind of keeping track of what's going on after the Emergencies Act, I think it's actually a little too difficult to talk about. Or too much stuff to talk about. We got uh, what happened in Coots, uh, what actually happened in terms of Ottawa. We talked about um, you know what what kind of anniversary ideas that uh, are going out. There's events tomorrow. We're going to be talking about that as well. And then we also want to talk a little bit about hey, so we've brought up the whole uh, anniversary. What is happening in local government now, and what can we do in Alberta? And we're going to be talking a little bit about the uh, the AGM motions that have been passed at uh, the UCP AGM in November. So, with that, I'm now going to bring Roy on. How are you doing, Roy? The camera's working. <laughs> so, we had a little bit I, of technical issue. We always yeah, I, I had to change the. Uh, the browser and it works now so i'm glad i was able to get on but good to that be with awesome. you tonight carrie that's great so i notice on your on your little page or your little name right there it says roy bear for justice.ca what is that about maybe that's a good good kind of way to, i mean there's we could start from the beginning and talk about the uh, convoy and emergencies act but i want to jump into this first and then maybe we'll backpedal a bit so tell yeah. us a little bit about for justice 
it's my primary current project right now. And it's um, just a few months ago, I was made more and more aware of what these uh, four gentlemen from Coots still in prison were enduring. And, um, and I did a little bit of research to find out how inconsistent it was, uh, what they were experiencing in terms of time in jail. You can see that uh, an awful lot of time that it, uh, uh, currently 731 days for Anthony and for Christopher. Uh, about a week ago, Jerry and other Christopher Lysak were uh, released on uh, basically a plea deal, which we can talk about. But I looked at these four gentlemen and I said, okay, there's a serious allegation against them, which I don't believe uh, because of who came up with the charges. <laughs> so, yeah. But this is why people said, well, they must have done something wrong. Uh, but the problem is in Canada, the typical uh, rules around bail are even if you did something really bad, uh, repeat violent offenders who committed a police murder in yeah. Winnipeg, for example, is released on bail. That's that's just routine. I mean, you've got examples. I mean, uh, I think the uh, the leader, Pierre Palave, mentions how that the top 40 offenders in Vancouver have committed 6,000 crimes, repeat violent offenders. And that's the norm in Canada. The other extreme for political enemies of the prime minister. And to be honest, you know, at the time, um, Jason Kenney was premier here and there was some shenanigans with the Justice Department here. But uh, something very odd took place towards these four and towards all the other truckers, by the way, Freedom Convoy truckers that have been charged. I mean, Tamara and Chris are being charged with mischief, but they're being threatened with five to 10 years in jail for mischief. That's right. That's that, right. that should startle you. And, and that's typical of what about 10 others are experiencing that were in Ottawa. And that's typical of about what another eight, I think it is, in, um, from Coots are experiencing mischief charge with a threat of 10 years in jail. And these four, I mean, they probably want to throw them away for life, right? That's probably what they're up to. Yeah. Um, the, I discovered that a, a special prosecutor was appointed to go after these, these individuals from the Coots convoy, which is not normal. Uh, uh, special prosecutors are used you are used to go after corporate entities and international crimes. These guys are citizens of Canada, so there's this very heavy-handed attack against these individuals. And I realized that so many people in the freedom movement, grassroots Albertans, are not aware of this detail. And so we launched an awareness campaign and our website is forjustice.ca. Awesome. And you can you can read the essential information about these four gentlemen. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's just really important for more and more uh, Canadians to know what's happening. The first piece of this was uh, for us to get our brochure into the hands of Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. And of course he brought this up here when he right. was here I in Alberta. To. And uh, and uh, we handed out over 20, 30,000 brochures yep. across the province. We ran out. <laughs> um, but you can download a printable version of this brochure. Uh, so you can print. Uh, hopefully, a lot of these are going to be handed out at the uh, courthouse events across Canada that are happening tomorrow. So That's for right. me, I just decided public information campaign big time. Let the world know how wrong this is. Yeah. And now this is beginning to be known, not just across Canada, but, but across the world.
That's right. And, and you know, we're, we're not going to take too much time in, in rehashing the story about the boys because it's been everywhere. I mean, there, there's uh, Jason Levine's had uh, on their show, uh, Shadow David, uh, you've been on, you've been on with uh, James Soleil. I mean, we've kind of been telling the story up, out there, which is great because, I mean, if you don't know what's going on with the guys from Coots now, give your head a shake or wake up or, or just just do a hashtag Coots 4. That's all you need to do to find out their story. It's such a, a compelling story. And especially now that two have been released. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that maybe, Roy? Yeah, just before I make that point, just uh, the, the, the thing, I know that we're preaching to the choir with your audience. Yes, but yeah. uh, but we produce the brochure so that people can take these brochures and hand them out to neighbors. We have people handing them out to RCMP officers at the RCMP station. That's and uh, just putting it in the hands of people who need to know. We need yeah. to widen the circle of people that know about right. this. So that's, right. that's, that's right. really what the brochure is all about. But yeah, yeah the, the interesting, and it was a shock that last week we had the announcement of two of these uh, gentlemen on a plea deal. Yeah. Um, and and basically, a plea deal is uh, is is interesting because what they pled guilty to, in order to get out of jail, was a crime that neither one of them had were charged with. Okay, so for example, the one individual was charged with illegal transportation of a weapon, yeah. uh, but he was he was never actually charged with illegal transportation of a weapon. So how this works, so you understand, you have an extremely serious charge against you conspiracy to commit murder and they don't have a lot of evidence so they start negotiating with you say well we'll let you off but you have to admit to something yeah right yeah. so they they creatively come up with something that you admit to and i know for a fact that this person that admitted to a illegal transportation of a weapon did not actually have a weapon in his vehicle uh, but he had to come up with something there was apparently a verbal discussion somewhere that he would do it for someone, right? So this is what happens. These guys are under the stress, alternatively, of going to a full trial. And yeah. if the jury finds them guilty, uh, which we, we think it's not going to happen, but so many people have, a, have already decided what they think before the court even starts, right? And they can find themselves 20, 30 years in jail. Um, and so... Of course, two of them felt, okay, the plea deal made sense for them. Um, and the other one was the illegal storage of a weapon, which probably 100,000 Albertans are right now currently guilty of doing that. <laughs> so so it's a relatively minor charge. Uh, and it meant that they're out, had time having been served. And yeah. so they, they served the equivalent of three years in jail for those two very minor crimes. Yeah, yeah. And I know a question is brought, being brought up so now that they've pled guilty, what does that mean? They've got a criminal record. They can't travel to the U.S. All those things that come in case with that. Exactly. I mean, there's there's so much limitation. Uh, apparently, they can still travel to Mexico. I'm told. I don't know that for yeah. sure, but not yeah. to the states. Yeah. Uh, many countries would be would be not allowing them to travel. Um, they carry that over their 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 heads, but. Remember, you know, there's others that have gone before us, Nelson Mandela and uh, Martin Luther King, and I can go through a long list of people who spent time in jail and uh, standing up for what was right, falsely accused. And so yeah. we need to help these individuals 
they're spending time alone with their family, but soon maybe uh, be able to really be welcomed as heroes yeah. um, the way we should welcome them. I mean, I know that one individual quite well in terms of his background, and uh, there's nothing that even closely resembles lifting a hair against an RCMP officer. This was just a vulgar false accusation against uh, against these guys. And um, so we have to help them to recover. And yeah, this will hang over their heads. There'll be consequence for the rest of their life. Um, but, uh, but again, they can still be viewed by more and more Canadians as heroes as they truly are. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up right at the front because that is the part that I know a lot of people wanted to see right away. And it's something that will get people engaged in the rest of the conversation here. We're, we brought people under, uh, brought people into the webinar talking about the Emergencies Act and, and what happened with that. Now, you and I both were in Ottawa. We ended up going mm -hmm. out. And as it so happened, Chris, Jess, and I were driving back on the 14th, uh, the, the Monday the 14th. And um, Monday the 14th, yeah, Monday the 14th. And, um, of course, we had to get back to uh, Alberta fairly quick. And we heard what was going on in Ottawa and as well as in Coots on that particular drive. And I think we were passing through North Bay or some, or maybe we were even in, in uh, uh, I think it's called Cochrane, Ontario uh, at the time. And were you still in Ottawa when the Emergencies Act was declared? Yeah, I was. I was, I was actually still in Ottawa eight days after. So were, okay. inordinate time in Ottawa. Yeah. But um, but yeah, we I, I'll never forget the day the Emergency Measures Act was declared. Uh, I think it was just a, a few hours before I started seeing images from the uh, arrest of four individuals. No, it's actually 13 individuals they were talking about yeah. involved with the illegal gun seizure in Coots. So yeah. this this was a big story, um, right. the conspiracy to commit murder um, that that happened within hours of the declaration of the Emergency Measures Act. And in my mind, it's very suspicious that this happened the way it did, because it's not normal that the RCMP would take a photograph of their evidence and tell the world what their evidence is within hours of an arrest. They don't do yeah. that. They right. just right. never do that. But in this case, they did the prime minister a huge favor, took a photograph of these weapons and uh, apparently a patch of some group called Diagalon, which is pretty funny, actually, once you understand what that is. But but that that, that story became the impetus, the excuse for the uh, for the imposition of the Emergency Measures Act, which, as we know, has recently been declared unconstitutional, yes. illegal, That's right. uh, which that all of these things tie in in a very interesting fashion. This Emergency Measures Act should never have happened. Most of us know that, the common sense dictates, but it was the Coots events that became the excuse. And ironically, it was just a week or two before these two individuals were released that the uh, court ruling came out to declare the Emergency Measures Act is unconstitutional. Yeah. I don't know, have you, have you actually, <laughs> something I did prepping for this today, have you actually done a search lately? Like for me, it was today. But have you done a search lately online to see what they're saying about the uh, the timeline for the convoy and the Emergency Measures Act and who was involved and all that? You, you know, I, I haven't. I, I have done enough searches recently to know yes. that we're being manipulated 
we're absolutely absolutely so here i just want to show you the good old wikipedia now if you if you don't know anything about wikipedia people use it as a dictionary and they think that it's it's the law like like obviously you know people smarter than all of us have gone in and they put all this no this is like this is like um a, a a page on the internet that anyone can edit so if you want to go in and edit a Wikipedia page, by all means, have at her. The issue is, is then someone's probably going to come in and correct those edits. So the reason I brought that up is because here is a timeline of, there's two pages in particular, timeline of the Canada um, uh, convoy protest. And it goes through, you know, what happened prior. And then it lists off the actual dates, what, what ended up happening. And then it briefly says, um, where are we? 14th. It says, uh, distributed denial of secrets. DDOS began distributing a list of Freedom Convoys, Gibson, Go, Anonymous donors. And then Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoked the Emergencies Act to end border blockades in the occupation of downtown uh, Ottawa by so-called Freedom Convoy protester. That's it. That's all it really says about it. And then you go through, and nowhere in here, the aftermath, there should be something right in here, you know, within the last couple of weeks that says, uh, it's illegal, and yet there's <laughs> not to be found. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, convenient uh, uh, omission, right? So yeah, very, the other yeah. thing that's very, very interesting in that is that the again, uh, you know, the it was uh, it's not true that the border was being blocked at Coots at the time of the declaration of the Emergency Measures Act. That's not true. Absolutely. That's a lie. Yeah, uh, that border was in the first place. Part of the challenge when the truckers decided to open lanes both ways, uh, in a, you know, after talking to the RCMP, it, the, it, there was blockades set up by the police that made it a very difficult challenge to get the trucks out of the way. Same thing happened in Ottawa. I the was blockades in downtown Ottawa yep. literally guaranteed the streets would be blocked. Then they blamed the truckers, and it took a couple of days for the lanes to be open so that. Uh, you know, the emergency vehicles can go through and everything else. Yeah. But uh, within two or three days in Ottawa, the lanes were all open. There was no no issues as far as getting to anywhere you needed to go in Ottawa. Yeah. And within, I think, three or four days, the border was open in Coots. That's the truth. And yeah. the lie is, of course, what you read on Wikipedia. So yeah, exactly. it's so predictable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is funny how it's gone through that. And and again, just to kind of give you an idea of, of what else there is, there's there's a couple of pages. There's one that's uh, what's happened with the Canada convoy protest, you know, why we were doing it, blah, 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 go through it. It's actually kind of looking at it now. It, and, and it, this was probably posted like immediately and they would just grew. Right. So you look at it then and you're kind of going, Oh, well, maybe that, maybe they shouldn't have been in Ottawa. Maybe they shouldn't have been in Coots. But when you look at it now and you look at what the knowledge that we have now, and it's basically stayed where it is. It's, it's like going back in time to see what, they had talked about back then and it's all it's all garbage i i think so i'm not going to get into it but i advise our viewers to you know if you've got some time go ahead and take a look at that uh as well as uh you know you can even go back and uh, and see what cbc said about it yeah and again i think you probably mentioned to your audience many times that that in ottawa i think it was within five or six days uh that uh, the citizens that had taken the Ottawa convoy to court to try to get them kicked out of the city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the court ruling, this is the Ontario Supreme Superior Court, yeah. ruled that the convoy in Ottawa 
was lawful yeah. and peaceful, except they needed to stop honking the horns, right? And so we did. By that Monday, we had stopped 100%. Honking. They, they stopped honking the horns. It was lawful and peaceful. Yeah. If you're going to be in Ottawa as a, as a resident, you need yeah. to always remember that that's the capital city of all Canadians. And mm -hmm. so we do have the right to come there and celebrate or protest, as the protest. case may be. That's and right. if you don't like that, quit your whining and move somewhere else, right? So, but anyway, it's, you know, those of us who were there know that the reality of the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa versus what was re reported on the media was 100% opposite. Could not be more different. It was no, no more of a blatant lies that we saw on, ma on mainstream media than I've ever seen with anything in my life. Yeah. So we experienced it. Uh, but uh, that's what we were up against. There's a media that uh, fully supported the prime minister and his corruption. And, uh, the uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was frustrating. But at the same time, um, it changed everything. The Freedom Convoy changed everything. They could, not, they could not put the genie back in the bottle. People experienced hope across Canada, and big things started to happen. And, and across, across the world, too. And that's, that's and across the world. This, uh, the Emergencies Act, uh, kind of, will I say it solidified this whole event uh, in, in history? Because yeah. again, everybody in in the world, we had uh, you name it, farmers in in the Netherlands, which of course followed that. We had people following us from South Africa and from Chile, and and like you named the the four corners of the of the earth, they were they were watching us, and now they've actually used that for their own protests. So they they had the farmers out with their tractors in the Netherlands. That's going on right now in Germany as well, because they realized that what the what the convoy did was it made look 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 at us and, yeah. and how can you not and so whenever i whenever people ask me about you know so do you really think it did a, a job and, and why were you doing it in the first place i question so if it didn't work and and uh and people were not involved and there was nothing really to get involved with why are they still doing it in the netherlands why are they still doing it in germany because there yeah. is an issue right yeah. And, and I think yeah. that's that's important to note that uh, a lot of people just they need to get involved that way uh, and and even just look outside your own uh, your own backyard. The the thing I don't like about the whole uh, C11 limitation of uh, of what we can see on uh, social media and news and uh, and and you can still go directly to the sites. You still can go to cbc.ca and get un filtered content or uncensored content but you just can't repost all that stuff the problem is is that we 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 at least certainly for me when i was dealing with with all this stuff for the last couple of years is i went to one shop one one place because i knew i could get all my news source on that now the yeah. government has said no that that's not allowed you're not allowed to go and do that so now i've got a hundred tabs open on my uh, my browser every day in order to to look up the news and one of the things that i really notice is even the news coming in from other countries is filtered right mm. Not that you would think that you'd be able to find out about the states maybe what's going on other than the super bowl uh if you could just find out what's going on politically or maybe uh you know what's happening with the weather or anything like that it takes a little bit of digging to do that and uh yeah. and i think that's totally by design 
they've made it so that we're not as we don't have as much access to the the news that we did before. Absolutely. I think it's, it's, we have we have it we have you know tyrannical leadership, uh, just a dictatorial mind, uh, and it's going to get worse and worse until we finally get rid of uh, Trudeau. But in the meantime, you know what we need to realize again, going back to the Freedom Convoy, an effective protest, and why they hate the Freedom Convoy so much. It was the most effective protest probably in the history of Canada, one of yeah. the most effective in the world. Yeah. Um, it's, it shifts public opinion uh, because my political background, I was very well connected with people in Ottawa. And as the Freedom Convoy was traveling across and not even having arrived to Ottawa, public opinion shifted from 35 to 45 to 55% in support of the Freedom Convoy yeah. Uh, you know, demand for the end of mandates. And the political establishment in Ottawa was freaked out. They were just absolutely freaked out. The two big parties responded in two different ways. The Conservative Party pushed Aaron O'Toole out as leader. Internally, it was because they disagreed with how Aaron O'Toole was not supportive of the Freedom Convoy. Uh, and of course, the Liberals went the other way. They hired, uh, it was actually the city of Ottawa, hired a public relations firm that specializes in um, in smearing the character of their political opponents. But they treated the convoy as political opponents, and they put out lies, lies about the convoy. They're Nazis. They're burning down apartments. They're eating food uh, in, in food kitchens. Right. You were right. All purposeful, yeah. hired by the hired guns of the city of Ottawa yeah. to push out a lie. Uh, yeah. But the fact is... Um, as I said, the, the genie was out of the bottle. The Freedom Convoy had an impact that impacted the world. And yep. as tragic as the events were uh, with the Emergency Measures Act, even that we've been now vindicated with, with, the, with the court ruling. It was illegal. It was unconstitutional. Yep. And, uh, and all of our Freedom Convoy heroes can hold their head high for, for, for the courage that they had. That's right. And, and something that, that just happened today, and you probably know about it as well, is... Uh, there was the, the group, uh, I want to get this up if I possibly can. Just give me a second to zoom in on it. No, do, 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 do. I don't know if you've seen though. I guess I can't zoom in on this this way. Um, basically, the uh, they're suing, uh, like uh, the group that includes Tamara and uh, Tom Razzo, uh, Chris Barber, anybody that had their, their um, bank accounts frozen, are now being or are, are suing Justin Trudeau, etc. And so, what I wanted to do is actually zoom in on this and show you what uh, um, who was on there. I'm not sure. Maybe I can do it this way. Uh, no, I don't think I can. Yeah, that's new news, and that's fantastic. News, yeah, that's right? and you know what? So every day there's something new, which is yeah. amazing, right? And and it's. We should be doing daily webinars. We should be doing daily podcasts. And you know what? There is. There's so many people out there that are doing webinars or uh, podcasts, I should say. And I think that is absolutely amazing. I think, if anything, this is now the people's news channel. This is where they yeah. go and they learn about what's going on behind the stories. We're the, we're the W5. We're, we're the W7. <laughs> yeah, no, it's there. Like, like I said, there's a string of good, good things that are happening, especially here in Alberta, 
I think it's kind of the home of the strong and the free. A yeah. lot of the truckers uh, in Ottawa, we're from Alberta. And yeah. of course, the convoy in Coots, Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and the big changes politically start here in Alberta. So uh, I believe it's uh, it's the um, you know it's it's the first and first place we're going to see a real pushback against the Absolutely. globalist Absolutely. establishment. Yeah. And we have we have a lot of work in front of us because we let those clowns take over virtually yeah. every institution over the last 40 years. You know, we've been just sitting at home minding our own business, uh, going to church, going to work, and and meanwhile, the corruption has set in pretty deep in our institutions, but we're seeing some big reversals here in Alberta, starting uh, with just that UCP event, the AGM yeah. this past November. That yeah. was monumental. It was historic as well. And I tied was, all back to the Freedom Convoy. It was, yeah, it, it was, it was like, that almost, convoy that sparked a fire that led right to that event this past November. So it is very exciting times for sure. And there was almost what four thousand people at that uh, AGM, or like thirty six hundred, or I forget what the yeah, number is. Just over thirty eight hundred. But just to understand the scale and scope, yeah. uh, the largest AGM of any political party in the history of Canada, from what I can find, is around twenty four hundred. So wow. this is thirty eight hundred. Yeah. Um, it was that much bigger than any. AGM in the history of, of yeah. Canada, federal or provincial parties. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that's significant is uh, the pattern of the votes on policies. You know, usually you have a lot of stress and strain in the party. There's the left wingers, the right wingers, the progressives, the conservatives, and you have close votes. There was nothing close about the votes that happened there. No, you're right. It was, it was a tsunami of. Uh, of votes uh, against the woke agenda. That's how I describe it, a tsunami. And uh, so it wasn't just the freedom people that were there, it was the influence of the Freedom Party that affected the entirety of the Conservative Party. So some good things are happening, but like I said, um, and I think David Parker, when you have him on his guests, he always stressed, this is a continuous and never ending improvement project. We have to, remain engaged at yep. every level of government and really we got to flush out the corruption in every institution it's going to take us decades to fix this problem but it's worth it's worth it for our grandchildren is how i say it so yeah and and you know for the most part because we talk alberta prosperity project so we talk about provincial politics and of course how that deals with federal just like the emergencies act and a lot of other things that we've been kind of talking about in terms of pension plan and uh, taxation maybe policing but we're also looking at the other direction too we're looking at uh, from the uh, provincial but we're looking at it municipal as well and we're going to be getting a, a few guests on that are going to be talking about how to get involved in city politics and uh, what you can do there because no matter what level of, of government there is there's something that we can all be doing. And I, I don't want to get into too much detail on this, but I know, Roy, you're also involved with the group that is looking at recalling uh, Jody Gondek, who is the mayor of Calgary. Yes, and uh, that's actually a very exciting project. I'm just going to pull up the information here. Um, recall Gondek is... Uh, the standard for recalling a mayor is ridiculous. It's 40% of the population of the city. If we're recalling an MLA or the premier, it's 40% of eligible voters. 
So it ends up when you do the math, it ends up being 63% of eligible voters in Calgary have to sign the petition for it to succeed. But uh, we're doing this because A, uh, I don't believe it's gonna take um, that number to force a resignation. If we get anything above 40% of eligible voters, uh, we're going to be able to make the case that she should step down. And, uh, and, and just because uh, she's by far the worst mayor that we've ever seen in the city of Calgary, one of the worst in Canada, uh, just from day one, the day after she gets elected, she announces out of the blue a multi tens of billions of dollar commitment to because of the emergency, uh, climate emergency that she declares. Yes. Yep. So this was fundamentally dishonest from yep. day one, and she's managed to offend pretty well every cultural and ethnic group, uh, every faith group. It's just unbelievable how offensive she is in terms of how she conducts her mayorship. So it's over 74%, I believe, are opposed to Mayor Gondak. So, um, you know, we have we have this initiative happening. Uh, we've got the website. You can just... Uh, write it down, recallgondekyyc.com or .ca, both work, recallgondekyyc.com. And um, and if you're a Calgarian, uh, this is very exciting. You're going door knocking, about 70% of the people say, give me that. <laughs> it's like, let me sign. And really? so uh, we're going to get some great results. Uh, but that's another thing that's happening, right? We got to we got to fix the mess at our local governments or school boards. And so, uh, yeah. you know, every one of us working together, whether it's APP, TBOF, TBA, uh, we're all the same here. We're people that care about our country, our province and our cities. And it really starts local. We have to fix the mess right here in our own cities and our own province. Yeah. And uh, I think Alberta is up for that for that challenge. No, and and as you can tell, it's it's everyone needs to be involved, and and the people that are that are not, they're sitting by by and they're you know, not doing anything and they're not engaged. That's the reason why we're in the position that we're in right now. Yeah. Uh, and I and I've said this many times, get involved. But I realize you know people have kids and they got soccer and gymnastics or whatever you need to do just give whatever amount of time you can and if yeah. that's only a, an hour a week then great if it's uh, if it can end up being a part-time job then that's great too but uh but that's people need to be able to to give a little bit in order to solve a lot of these issues so yeah you know i mean i was sitting pretty comfortable even in the middle of the um of the uh, mandates and all the rest of the nonsense i had a job where it, it doesn't affect me and uh but 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 i had to ask myself the question um the direction our country was going to the loss of freedom the loss of rights the craziness yeah. you know I, I can leave canada but my grandkids are here right so the future generation is here and 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 if you uh, leave canada to go to another place this will just follow us so yep. we have to draw the line in the sand right here in our in our province and say we're not we're going to push back against all of this agenda the yep. globalist agenda and we're going to take back our rights and freedoms and and uh, you know so it's happening here in Alberta and yep. again I stress to everyone who's a cynic <laughs> uh, it's going to take time I understand we're a long ways from where we need to be the UCP party will 
uh, will be a long time to to flush out the corruption. In fact, I always say it's kind of like a house with 12 kids. It never, it'll always have to be cleaned up, right? Yeah, so right. That, yeah. that's the nature of it. Carrie, is that dog bothering you? Because my, I'm home alone. I, I don't hear the dog. Can you hear him? Because I, I can, I can bring him up here and 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 and, and get him to stop. <laughs> Do whatever you need to. I, I can't hear the dog. I don't know if anybody else can hear the dog out there. <laughs> yeah, I know if you that, can't uh, hear the dog, then it's fine. I've just. Okay. Uh, it's just one of those things where I, I, anyway, he's old and grumpy, and I thought he was looked after with food, but uh, he's barking wow. away. That's all right. Um, and, and again, there's there's lots of stuff that we could be talking about. I want to get uh, uh, to answer some of the questions that people did did talk about because I think these could be discussion points all uh, and do an entire uh, webinar on these as well. So uh, Judy right off the hop asked, is Trudeau ever going to be held accountable for this or the RCMP, or you could name off like any politician or anything like that. Well, again, with what we just saw in terms of uh, uh, Chris Barber, et cetera, uh, launching a, a lawsuit, that is, that's a good very first step. We also have, um, uh, Layton Gray's uh, got a lawsuit going, a class action against anybody that is being vaccine injured or uh, removed from their job because of because of that. We also have uh, Jeffrey Rath and company who are doing ones that I'm I'm personally involved with that uh, lost business um, because of that, and uh, so I lost my bar. Uh, my uh, jukebox and arcade games was definitely suffered uh, a lot of financial loss of that because if you remember back a long time ago, November 26th of 2020 to June 15th of 2021, you couldn't touch anything. You couldn't touch a, a game. You couldn't touch a, You couldn't even touch a VLT. Right. Yeah. And it just so happened that in that time, the Alberta government came out with their play online or whatever it's called. I don't even know what it's called, but it's their online gaming. Uh, there's no way they would have been able to put that together within like a month or two that they did unless they knew that this was a way that we could do that. So there's those, those, those sorts of things that, you know, people have lost business. Uh, even uh, again, I'm in the entertainment and musician karaoke, disc jockey. I book a lot of those. Uh, we weren't allowed to go out of our homes. We just uh, had to stay indoors and, uh, and watch Netflix and, and order in from Uber Eats. So those Definitely, there are there are people that are going to be held accountable for that, and uh, unfortunately, it's just going to take a long, drawn-out process in order to do that. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it, I think a lot of people wish we had a criminal justice system that would right. I mean, go after these individuals with criminal charges, which which yep. should happen. But yep. the problem is, as we mentioned earlier, our institutions have been corrupted pretty well, all of them, including yep. the law society, uh, very, very much politicized yeah. uh, so that they're beholden to the people in power in Ottawa. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, police, I mean, you know who the chief of police takes her, his orders from here in Calgary from mayor Gondek. Oh, so yeah. you could say, well, arrest somebody who who's going to arrest that person. Right. So, yeah. so the problem is yes, people should be arrested. They should be charged, but we have a corrupted police force, a corrupted um, justice system. And so what uh, what Brath and Layton are doing um, is the best that can take can happen right now. And in a way, it could actually hurt. It could actually hurt some of these people in a very big way. 
yeah. because we're talking about, I, I think with, with Jeff Rath's lawsuit, we're, we're talking about tens of billions of dollars that will have to be paid out if he wins that case. That's right. uh, that, will, that will hurt a lot of, uh, a lot of the establishment and you know that, that's the best we can hope for until these yeah. institutions are cleaned up. But I do want to speak about the RCMP. Yes. Okay. Um, go ahead. So, so one of the things in our call to action with our ForJustice.ca campaign for the Coots Four, we're calling on the Premier of this province in Alberta. Once these uh, trials are complete, okay. So by these things have to be wrapped up by August the fourteenth, thirty months after the charges are laid. You have to either be trial completed, yep. or uh, or uh, the Jordan principle kicks in and and they're released um, uh, from jail, and 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 that's that's the law in Canada. Okay, so, so you're saying that's old... you're saying that's July fourteenth. No, sorry, uh, August fourteenth. August fourteenth. August fourteenth will be the thirty the thirty months. Okay. Uh, so right now the premier can't do much. That's a fact. Um, we don't have the American system in Canada. I wish we did where governors can do pardons and, you know, sub-presidents and stuff. We don't have that system. But once this trial is over, the premier can launch an independent investigation into this matter to find out, for example, why was there a special prosecutor appointed? Why were these men, you know, locked up in jail, with not qualifying for bail? Uh, looking into the RCMP connection with Ottawa, by the way, very significant connection between certain ones of the RCMP and and it's politicized right we know it's very political and and so an independent investigation to ascertain if there was uh political interference and from where it came right so i i believe we're going to see if there was truly an independent investigation that the RCMP is corrupted by taking orders from ottawa i personally have experienced this years ago in my 20s, Carrie, I will keep this story very short. I was an unlicensed rebroadcaster of a Christian broadcast undertaking in Medicine Hat, Alberta. And um, we did everything as, as, as by the book as we could, Department of Communication approval and, and approval from the, from the satellite source. And so we opened up our station along with four others. And these were, they called us the pirates. It was illegal rebroadcasting. The CRTC refused to give us approval. Our church got broke into by the RCMP in Medicine Hat, and they seized the broadcast equipment. And uh, they asked me to come and report myself in. So I thought I was going to get arrested or something. I sat down with the police officer, and he says, I'm so sorry. Because remember, I was Pastor Roy Byer, yes, yeah, quite yeah, prominent yeah. in the city. I'm so embarrassed we had to do this. I was given orders from the top. I said, oh, who, who was that? And this is what he tells me. Kim Campbell, the justice minister. Wow. under Brian Mulroney, yeah. told me the name of a cabinet minister who gave the police the order to, to break into our church. So I know the politicization of the RCMP is such that we have to cut that snake head off. I'm not talking about regular RCMP officers who protect our communities. I'm talking about the connection to Ottawa. We yeah. need a provincial police force. We need to get rid of the RCMP. And yeah. by the way, the big cities already have it. Calgary, does not have an RCMP. We have our own police force. Edmonton, the same thing. So yep. we're only talking about about 40% of the population of our province should have our provincial police force instead of the RCMP. I'm a big fan of that. And I think uh, calling on Daniel to do a an independent investigation will help us get, a, get to where we need to be.
Yeah. And, and you're right. And, and you know, I, I know Grand Prairie is looking at doing their own uh, police force, but we, it's a fine line here. We're trying to support what Daniel Smith is doing in terms of uh, the whole, we'll call it the whole SOGI and uh, uh, the, uh, the parental rights issue. But yet on the other hand, we're saying, you know what, this part over here, the whole justice and uh, the Alberta health system, that needs to be cleaned up. So it is a fine line, mm. but by all means, email, do whatever you need to do in order to get um, the word back to uh, our premier, to our MLA, and again, to your municipal councils as well. Let them know what you think is good and what is what is bad. Sitting back and, and having a coffee or bitching about it over a coffee in a local coffee shop might be great for your, your self-esteem, but it's certainly not doing anything. Yeah. It's interesting, a conversation, sometimes people think that's progress. Uh, it's just interaction to exchange ideas. Uh, at a certain point, we need to be very action-oriented, very action-focused, uh, you know, so I always do a call to action. Whenever I talk about a problem, I always do a call to action. And the one thing I do know the Premier can do is call for an independent investigation once these, uh, these trials are completed to dig deep and find out what happened because there's no question as to political interference. And it's, it's every Albertan should care because, you know, if, if Trudeau can target his political enemies using the justice system, remember Mulroney did the same thing against me, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, that, that nonsense needs to stop. It should never be that a politician can use uh, the law enforcement agencies to go after his yeah. political enemies. And uh, yeah. that, that has to be dealt with. So that's just another symptom of a corrupt uh, justice system. Yeah. Um, let's just go and look at a few more comments here. Um, and again, you know, we've had many of these types of thing is uh, uh, not only the last question is true, are going to be accountable for this? But uh, questions like, is the case against Trudeau against him personally or the government? And and how would that work? Do you have any idea on how, like, is it, um, is it the, the, the person in, uh, in political office? Because as far as I know, in at least in Canada, you can't do that. It's the same thing as you can't right. go and sue your doctor. Is yeah, you're, the, the politicians are protected. You can't sue them. Uh, they, you know, I mean, there has to be some... Um, very purposeful, fraudulent action on their part for there ever to be a criminal charge. Now that's that's an angle you can pursue, except you need you need a prosecutor willing to take that on, right? So, uh, but uh, Trudeau is vulnerable, I believe, because of some of the ownership he has in in biotechnology companies. Yeah. Uh, he and his family here in, in Canada, uh, he's not protected uh, on that front, right? So, uh, and I, so I believe that that there is a vulnerability. Where where he legal action can be pursued against him yeah. because of the conflict of interest he enriched himself by promoting a vaccine that required the use of a product that it happens that his company was providing to Pfizer and Moderna etc. So I see that as the only real vulnerability for going after Trudeau where it's consequential. Yeah. Yeah, that's I wish there was more. <laughs> I know people are mad. I said I wish there was more, but that's that's the system we have. Yeah. That's why I need to uh, work hard to fix the system. Yeah, and and that's right. That's you know we have to give support to our elected representatives in order to actually 
make the changes in the law. So, you know, if, if we want something that recall, here's an example, right? So we were talking about, well, that was one of the uh, 29 policies that went through or, or was it? Uh, I have to think about yes, that. Yes, it was. Not this, no, not this last time, but it was yeah. previously passed. Recall okay. was a, a, a policy of the party membership. I think it was approved three years ago, actually. Okay. But the issue what? now is that we can see in, this, in the case of municipality that we need such a large number in order to make any change that it's almost impossible to do. So one yeah. of the ideas would be just, can we not make a law that just makes that number smaller? Exactly. I mean, uh, it was bizarre because uh, the the party membership passed a motion uh, for a policy for recall and uh, and for re ref, uh, a citizen initiative, uh, so referendum, right? So so J Jason Kenny says yes to it, but he goes to BC and uses exactly the same numbers standards for the thresholds. Uh, that BC has, so they yeah. copy the legislation from the NDP government in BC, which, if you look at it, both for the referendum and for the recall, makes it virtually impossible for ever to be used. Right, so, so that that's what that's how cynical some of these politicians can be. They say yes, but then they slide in numbers. We say we have recall, but you you'll never be able to do it. Right, so. So we do have, I pray, I, well, for sure, we have a premier now who understands this issue and they're looking to fix the Municipal Act and, and other things to make it um, much more achievable, right? You don't want to make it too easy on the one hand, but on the other hand, uh, it can't be so unrealistic, it never can be used. Uh, so that's, that's, um, that's the balancing act that's being worked on. And I think we're going to see changes in both the Recall Act, provincially and municipal, uh, yeah. As well as the referendum uh, act, those two things that uh, those those all need to be adjusted to make them achievable for citizens. That's right, and and again because we we've, we've got the UCP involved at least until when is it? another <laughs> three years it's over ahead. three years from now three years and I think for four months or for three months yeah so it's the countdown three. is on but uh, yeah. yeah I mean we we've got uh, you know some progress but I think we're going to see a lot more progress when the legislative uh, uh, agenda is announced this later yeah. this month, I think That's we're right. going to see some things that will make us happy. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's uh, much more complicated than most people realize to bring about some of these big changes. And But we do, I, I believe we have a leader that wants to make those changes and we have a, a membership that's supporting those changes. And yeah. we just need to keep... Uh, providing positive uh, pressure upon the establishment to make sure it all happens. So that's, right. that's that's what that 2929 campaign was all about. Yeah. It's just to remind people what motions were passed at the AGM, yeah. their common sense, their things that most Albertans would support, guaranteed. Most yeah. Albertans would support those things. Yeah. We need to nudge the political establishment to have the courage to move that agenda forward and uh, and that's that uh, I, that's a separate topic. But the twenty nine twenty nine, which I think you guys talked about a week or two ago, is is uh, an ongoing campaign to help remind Albertans of what those twenty nine items are, and to remind our politicians who are elected to represent us to move forward on that agenda. That's right. Do we actually have a list of those twenty nine 
somewhere? And I, the- I do, but you'll have to give me a minute to find them. Um, and I, then, just- so, you know, we want to put pressure on the politicians in order to do that. So what happens if only five of them go to the, the, the to the ledge? What What is the next step after that? Well, a couple of things. First of all, not all of the policy items require legislation, right? So, there's, and so you have to sort of understand that uh, it's general principles of governments, oftentimes are governance uh, that's that we're talking about, and um, and some of them are complicated. Like for example, I I was looking over there because I'm trying to open up this this other um, program, but for example. the, it was a policy motion was passed for Alberta to have its own constitution. Okay, so uh, I have a good friend who's part of the policy committee, and he's he's one of us. Okay, he's on the yeah. provincial policy committee, and he said it's going to take a little bit of time. He said we first have to write uh, or amend the Alberta Bill of Rights, which will take about six to eight months for us to do the work to do, do that. Once we have the amended Alberta Bill of Rights. It will clip the power of Alberta Health Services because that's how they were able to do what they did with the mandates. Once the amendments take place in the Alberta Bill of Rights, now all of a sudden it's the Alberta Bill of Rights will have teeth to it, not like the Charter of Rights. Yeah. Alberta Bill of Rights will have real teeth to it that it matters. Our, our rights will actually matter and it'll be difficult to violate rights in emergencies. Uh, and so... So they're actually looking at it very logically. Once they got the Bill of Rights, now they can work on a new constitution for the province of Alberta. So you gotta understand, you can draft a motion that's three lines long and vote for it. The work to get it to become reality takes sometimes years, but they're started, okay? And that's the good news. There's some big progress that's starting to happen. and And when that happens, we need to support our leaders, our MLAs, our, our premier, but yeah. when they drag their heels on things that are important, we need to remind them. And uh, that's that's always essential that we uh, don't give up on these things. So uh, there's some progress. We'll see the details, some of that progress with the announcement of the legislative agenda. And then we'll know where we need to put some added pressure. Parents' Bill of Rights requires um, us right now to speak up in support of the Premier and, the, and where the government is going with that. Once we see the detail of that legislation, there's going to be some things we don't like, and we might have to push for some amendments. Uh, but uh, there's progress on that very important piece of legislation. So yeah. kudos uh, to the premier. But other things, it's going to require some positive pressure to to keep on being applied because it's always with oftentimes in the political streams they look for the path of least resistance. What's the yeah. easiest path? And we just have to make sure that. Our, our vote is never taken for granted, uh, that, uh, that we, we are there for good governance and we will be critical of bad governance. And that's, that's something we need to be committed to um, as, as grassroots Albertans. Somebody was asking, uh, and this is a question that I've heard many other people ask too, or something similar. Marilyn says, can the NDP stop the legislation change to recall and citizen initiative thresholds, much as what we're talking about for uh, Alberta Prosperity Project? I'm, I'm going to say no. And the reason is, is because it's really in the hands of the majority government. Now, the downside was B, and I was looking up exactly how many seats we have. 
the UCP has 48 and the NDP has 38. Now, if for some reason there was something that uh, was really controversial and maybe there were five people on the, uh, the UCP government that uh, didn't went on the other side, maybe there were a couple of people that didn't want to vote on that particular uh, topic. Yeah, it's possible that the NDP could put a bit of a stop to something. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a little bit, it's close. It makes it more difficult for the premier, yeah. for sure. Um, but the premier, which is, which is again, a good thing. Um, Jason Kenney was, and I, I knew Jason for decades, so this is, pains me to say, but he became a very top-down uh, type of leader, which means he decided what would happen. He more or less told everyone how things would be. So that top-down leadership style uh, is the opposite of Ralph Klein. And by the way, the opposite of Daniel Smith, as I understand it from people that are in caucus, that she's a consensus um, decision maker, which means she allows everyone to provide feedback on what they're thinking to do. And if they don't have comfort, they, they'll, they'll rethink the strategy and then come back. It takes a little longer to do things that way. But uh, I remember, uh, you know, Ralph Klein was that type of person. He, he allowed there to be differences of opinion within his caucus, and, and he made decisions by consensus of the caucus. His, the opinion of his MLAs mattered to him, and it matters to Daniel Smith as well. So I like that about her, but it means sometimes that what she really wants to do today, she has to wait until a consensus develops for them to move ahead. And, yep. you know, I think that's still a better style of governance than a dictatorship. Yeah. Um, and I'm putting this question up and then I'm going to jump to something else. So Gerald says, some people claim that Smith has no say in the Coots for charges, including Smith herself. And others say she didn't include herself in this case. Now, uh, Leighton Gray did a very long uh, podcast on this particular topic. And he's also criticized Danielle Smith as well. But really, it comes down to you need the backing by the people. And people need to be aware of what is going on here. And what I want to do is just maybe we'll just quickly talk about what's happening tomorrow. Because this is one way that people can actually get uh, some some knowledge out there, right? right. So they're tomorrow in front of a lot of courthouses, not only in Alberta, but also in B.C., uh, I believe in uh, Ontario, uh, they're basically having, it's not a fundraiser or anything like that. It's just a, a protest. I'm, I'm sure there'll be people speaking, but it's more just let's get numbers out there and have conversations about the, uh, the well, specifically the two that are still in jail, but as well as talking about what happened with, uh, with, with uh, the, the two who had to, to sign off and they've still got legal bills. You know, people will think that, well, they're out of jail, so everything is all good. They've still got they've got legal bills. They've got their own personal loans that maybe they've taken uh, in order to continue their business and their life while they're still incarcerated. So we really just want to get people out there and aware of what's going on. And uh, I'll be in uh, I'll be at the Calgary courthouse uh, tomorrow morning at uh, nine o'clock. But there's also, as you can read on this, Camrose, Fort St. John, Kamloops. Kelowna, Courtney, Edmonton, Lethbridge, London, Ontario, Ottawa, Orangeville, Penticton, St. George, or Prince George, St. Catherine, Vancouver, Toronto, Vernon, Windsor, and Winnipeg. That is amazing. 
Yeah, it's fantastic. It used to just be in Lethbridge, the Lethbridge Courthouse. Now look at it. It's all across, well, it is technically across Canada. Yes, and this gentleman that organized it uh, from, from Cologne, he wants doesn't even want his name to be mentioned. He says, I just want to help these four. I want there to be an awareness about what these guys are going through. So he has a great call to action, and you can see on the on the card. I'm going to be there tomorrow as well, Carrie. So that's great in Calgary. Yeah. But yeah, the point here again is the public needs to know, and so we're going to be handing out the brochure. We're going to be Good. talking to people there and uh, making people aware. It's not those of us on this program that they need to know. You already know. Yeah. We need to get out there and right. in places where we can spread the word to others, and so. Uh, you know, this this protest in front of courthouses is a mechanism by which we were able to do that. And so I encourage, you know, if you're in Edmonton, Lethbridge or Calgary here in Alberta, those are the places that have these courthouse events. Was there anywhere else? Did, they, did you say Red Deer? Uh, I didn't see Red Deer on here. No. Okay. So it, I think it's Calgary, Lethbridge and Edmonton. But yeah, it's it's a pretty impressive list. In, in yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure that will be, will be quite busy as well. And then uh, the the court resumes for the other two, uh, Chris Carbert and uh, Tony Olenek, uh next Tuesday, the twentieth, doesn't it? That's that's right. Yeah, and um, and they they face the challenge of, of of you know again retaining the best lawyers possible. Yeah. It takes a lot of money. So if everyone just throws in some money into their give, send, go funds. We don't use GoFundMe, give, send, go. Yeah. And I shouldn't say we, they, they all use yeah. the yeah. give, send, go um, platform. And uh, and uh, they need the help. And, and you know, uh, we're, we're trying to figure out a way to really light up the phones for these guys because yeah. I know that Chris Lysak was able to, through a special campaign raise, about $160,000. He got himself a really good lawyer. And you see the result, right? He got himself uh, a, a really good deal for release and charges dropped. Um, the other two don't want a really good deal. They want to they want to fight in court to prove themselves innocent of the charges, but that's going to cost a lot of money. And uh, uh, you know, so we need to spread the word because it means that other people can help help with that. If it's just the small circle of us always donating. You know, yeah. after a while, we, we don't have the means to do more. But if we yeah. spread the word, like has happening right now across Canada, these individuals are going to get support from all across Canada by 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 way of this effort that uh, was launched by this gentleman from Kelowna. That's right. And, uh, of course, you can't forget about uh, James Sowery, too. Um, yeah. That, that money is in there as well. He's the uh, the one that was, well, accused, convicted of uh, of running over a pylon. So don't yeah. run off the pylons if there's anything we've learned. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, anyway, it's it's a that that particular situation, it was a it was a jury that found him guilty. It was the judge that sentenced him to nine nine months in jail or whatever it was. Uh so you know, so you could see that in Canada the juries are oftentimes steered a certain way by the judge. In this case, I'm told. That's exactly what happened. That the judge was very, very forceful on the jury to more or less say, "You pretty well need to know that this guy's guilty, right?" And uh, but it's up to you. But I can overturn the decision, by the way. 
And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, people who listened to his instruction to the jury said it was all but, you know, telling them how they should, uh, how they should make a decision. Now, if that's the case, you know, that too is, uh, is terrible. But to the fact that he gave nine months in jail for that, uh, yeah. you know, that, that just tells you again that you hope and pray that the current judge that the other two have is going to be um, uh, one of those good judges. He was appointed by yeah. the conservatives. So there's, there's a good reason to believe that we have a fair-minded judge in the case for the other two, Tony and Chris Carbert, that are going yeah. to be facing a full trial starting in May. Um, and then, of course, you know, we were we were talking about so how do we get involved? And we kind of mentioned about the RCMP and that we should be looking into that and doing an investigation as well. I know uh, Vicky has also been working on a couple of things that, through AHS, Shalom Family Services, police services, including our own city police, government services. So no matter what, I think we really need to be looking at kind of the whole the whole big picture. There, uh, there, there is definitely some. Uh, if, if people are able to get involved, by all means, get involved and uh, and see what is happening in in any government, uh, anything that's set up through government. Really, is yeah. kind of, is, you know, school trustees as well, right? Uh, there's there's some allegations of, of what's going on in there, and um, that's a whole other webinar altogether there's uh there's there's a lot of stuff and i think it's just a matter of people need to be made aware of it and then if they're made aware of it then you'll get the people with the uh the pitchforks and uh you know a good way of doing this is the protest tomorrow for the the coots boys and uh and getting people aware of, of what's going on yeah i mean that's what i want to urge everyone a call to action that everyone can do is go to um, our uh website forjustice.ca uh, if you can't get to the courthouse events, you can do things like write a letter to the to the yes. two that are still in prison. Yep. You can donate money. Uh, yep. You can pray for them. You can print off brochures to pass out to your neighbors who maybe need to give their head a shake and wake up to what's going on. It's done in a way that is is meant to be handed out to people that are. Uh, against the coots for it, but when they read this, they find out stuff that they didn't know. You're right. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's it's a, it's really designed to win people over to our side. Yeah. So yeah. kind of familiarize yourself with that as a tool to spread the word. Uh, yeah. We even have examples of people on bail here in Calgary. We had a murder. I think it was about six weeks ago of a of a of a, of a woman, a mother of, of I think two children, by an ex husband, right. and uh, he he was out on bail. Uh, actually twice out on bail. So uh, he had attempted rape. That was the allegation against him, against his wife. And so she was able to get a court injunction and he was able to get out of jail on yeah. um, on bail of $500, $500. Wow. I kid you not, $500 cashless bail, which means he didn't actually have to pay anything. And he got out on bail. He violated the terms of that bail, and then he was back in front of the judge. This time, they really, really came down on him. $400 cashless bail the second time around. And then wow. the next time that he confronted his wife, he killed her in front of the school where the kids were attending school. So that's the extreme of the bail system, the extreme injustice where people that should be locked up are not. And these gentlemen who have never committed a crime, never. Yeah. No, no act of violence alleged against them, just 
supposedly a plan to do something. Um, and they're locked up for now over 730 days. So we have to see that contrast. And that, that helps it to realize we have a corrupted justice system and we need to start fixing it. It's going to take time, but we can do it together. Yeah. No, you know, we've we've covered quite a bit of quite a bit of topics, not only an emergencies act and what happened with that, but everything that's kind of happened in between uh, or to now or at least until now. Um, is there anything we, we want to wrap up with and, and let people know maybe what's going on or maybe you want to leave some last words with uh, with people that are watching? Well, again, I think uh, we need to celebrate the fact that um, something inspired our Freedom Convoy uh, truckers from across Canada to yeah. do something extraordinary that really did make a difference. And yeah. and and it's up to us to, to now take that momentum and maintain it but yeah. it's not protest oriented, it's action oriented. Yeah. Taking yeah. over school boards, That's uh, right. helping these boys get out of prison, again, helping them get a fair trial. So there's all yeah. kinds of action. Do what yeah. you can, just do what you can. Um, yeah. And uh, together we can get the job done. So uh, yeah. I think right. that's the big encouragement for people is that uh, you know, others others uh, did some big, big, big things. I mean, imagine what a truck costs with a full load a trailer that they pulled with them across the country, like many of them did. Uh, yeah. They did that because they were fed up with what was going on. So, I mean, if tonight or tomorrow you write a letter to the premier or your MLA, that's yeah. nothing compared to what they did. Do something, do a little bit every day. You are correct. Yeah. And and just to put that in perspective, how, you know, thousands of trucks and our, our picker truck gas bill, I believe was 7,000 bucks going there wow. and back. Never yeah. mind hotel stays and food was actually very funny because uh, I tell the story all the time. People were throwing sandwiches in through the window. So we never, you know, we, we always had food. There was, you yeah. know, that was one thing that people were able to do and they did. They uh, made cookies through us, juice boxes, you name it. So that was, that was amazing. But if you weren't sleeping in your truck, you needed somewhere else to be sleeping. So again, for the people that, that did manage to donate to the truckers and even donated to, to, to us in order to, to get things out there. I know we ended up buying, I forget, 400 snow shovels or something like that. Because if you remember, it was supposed to be like the Thursday after we got there, there was supposed to be this big snowstorm. So, yeah. uh, and, and they weren't going to be plowing the streets. So we ended up uh, doing a fundraising event for uh, getting snow shovels. And then we had um, uh, the, the truckers went out with the snow shovels and they just yeah. swept. But but the thing was is that Thursday this the it didn't didn't happen the big snowfall didn't happen if anything yeah. it turned to rain and then it just got warmer so yeah. we don't talk too much about that because it was just one short weekend where it was about zero maybe it was just over zero but the rest of the time we were there it was definitely minus thirty and I don't think in Coots it got warmer than like minus twenty so just no it was crazy. the weather was not cooperating but the the true. Uh, the brave, the strong, and the free were there, and That's uh, right. yeah, and stood firm. And it was, yeah, it was yeah. a life-changing experience. And uh, I believe it'll be historic for Canada as yeah. to as to how that impacted the direction of our country. Uh, I yeah. certainly see that for Alberta for sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll see yet what happens to Canada, but Alberta is leading the way. Uh, on on the cause for freedom, and uh, I'm proud to be an Albertan. That's for sure. Absolutely proud, proud to be an Albertan. I know we have 
I'm Albertan uh, decals and uh, pins and, and stickers and, and license plates and shirts. And so, I, you know, if, if you can get involved, uh, come out to one of our APP events and you can probably pick up some of that merchandise and let yourself know that you're Al Albertan and that you support uh, at least what uh, the Alberta Prosperity Project wants to do and get everyone involved and educate and, uh, and basically, you know, make people aware of what's going on locally, provincially, federally, and uh, and realistically, worldly, right? There's a lot of topics that we talk about in terms of uh, uh, the, uh, the World Economic Forum and those sorts of things that, uh, and the, the, the World Health Organization, the World Health Agreement, uh, things like uh, the UNDRIP and the land. So we do all of these on a Wednesday. We definitely try and do these uh, webinars every single Wednesday. There's always enough topics out here. Thank you again, Roy, for, for taking time out on your Wednesday and and uh and letting us know what you're involved with and how we can get involved and um and and, and with that i'm gonna let you guys know that again next week um we're actually doing an interview with nadine wellwood uh because of her time and because of our time it's going to be recorded but we're going to do a live webinar with chris next wednesday he'll be broadcasting that nadine wellwood if you don't know who she is she's had a political career in alberta and canada in the past She's a financial advisor and she's discussing the pension plan. And uh, she's actually going to be out with me next Wednesday in Calgary at the Riviera uh, to, to talk about the pension plan. So if you want to know anything more about the pension plan, whether it's a good thing, bad thing, how it compares to the uh, uh, Canada pension plan. And, and more specifically, I think what kind of opposition we we've got ourselves up against because we've got all the unions out there, uh, the NDP that are saying, no, we got to stick with the CPP. And, and you're, if you make 2.6%, you're doing really good. No, that is, that is dog piles of poop. That is uh, that is the big thing for me is let's take a look at the numbers, find out what the numbers are, do your own numbers crunching and then make a decision. And then we'll talk about, what 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 the Alberta government could do in terms of how the AP the pension plan would be uh, presented, as well as uh, as how you know does it work if if you're can you opt out can you uh, do you have to get into it uh, and can I do a split between the APP and the, the CPP I mean these are questions that that I'm going to leave until next Wednesday or at least until Nadine tackles them because they, they are really good questions. And quite frankly, I don't know the ins and outs of it like she does. So, so if you're able to, Roy, it would be great to see you next Wednesday as well. If you're not too busy. Absolutely. I, Tanner did a presentation here in Calgary. We had well over 350 people in a, in the Canyon Meadows theater. Yep. He's a rock star. And uh, oh, yeah, the work that APP, Alberta Prosperity, project is doing is so so important there's yeah. there's no question this is the right thing and the good thing for yeah. albertans to have an alberta pension plan it's disgusting to me that the unions are trying to tell their their own workers where they could make so much they can have a much a cheaper cost to their pension or a much better pension with an alberta pension but they're not serving the interests of their workers they're serving yeah. the interests of Trudeau. That's all they're that doing. True. But yeah, it, go to the event or come out next week. The presentation with Nadine is fantastic, as well as uh, um, uh, the uh, tenor in a day. 
So yeah. it, it was fantastic. Yeah, that's totally right. and we're yeah, and we're 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 planning on doing a hundred of these events. It may not be under the Alberta Prosperity Project banner, but we're definitely going to be supporting it. We're going to be having a table at each one. And once we get all those numbers organized, we will let people know. We'll have a schedule up, and uh, and then we're you know out of a hundred hundred dates. There'll be a hundred towns, so chances are we'll be very close to you at some point in the next till June, anyways. That's uh, you know that's it for a week, twenty five weeks. Wow! So because we're talking about doing that, it maybe as a referendum, uh, citizen uh, initiated referendum, uh, possibly in September ish. So again, those are all the things that I've heard through the grapevine. They may not be a hundred percent true, but definitely come out to the event and uh, and again, one last thing. Thank you so much, Roy, for everything that you do. And uh, with that, you guys have a wonderful night. Uh, go give your significant sweetie a kiss. It's St. Patrick oh, or yeah. St. Okay. Valentine's Day. It's St. Valentine's Yes, thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, that. And I appreciate the work you guys do. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next week.